Wow. So we're in a pandemic now. How do you feel about that? How are you dealing with it? Worried, anxious, fine, don't know how to feel? How do you deal with worry during a pandemic? Let's talk about it. Hi, I'm Mac Frazier, and I'm a pastor, I'm a blogger, podcaster, human being. And uh, let's talk about this, whatever this is that we're doing. So, so what do you see out there? What have you been experiencing? How do you think other people are doing? in addition to how you're doing. From my perspective, uh, I, I don't see a lot of panic or open fear. For the most part, I haven't en encountered any anger or upset. Uh, I haven't seen too many people that are completely blowing this off, though I know, you know, watching the news, I see some of that. But everyone I know is taking this fairly seriously, but it's like nobody knows how to feel about it. It's like there's, there's a, an edge to everything. I've noticed people's tempers are a little bit shorter than they would be. I've encountered some extra nervous, inappropriate moments of laughter here and there, and some appropriate laughter. It's good that that's still happening. But it strikes me that one of the things that people are dealing with, at least here early on during all these lockdowns and social distancings and self-isolations and all that is just a sense of not knowing quite what's an appropriate response. And if you think about it, that makes sense. I mean, as human beings, we're really bad at this particular kind of problem. When presented with an immediate threat, we have a response. It's not always the best response, but coming up with a response isn't difficult. We kick into some sort of a reactionary stance sometimes. If you're trained for a particular emergency, you may fall into your training. When we think long-term, often it's in terms of strategies, plans, campaigns, goals, and we're not as good at that as we are at short-term thinking, but it's still a thing that we can do. But there's something about the approach of a pandemic that it, it slips between the cracks of how we usually think. It's, it's a little bit like knowing that there was an earthquake out in the ocean and there's going to be a tsunami hitting the shore. But when you look out over the water, you don't see anything. And it's hard to process the fact that you're not in immediate danger right now, but right now you need to do something because a thing you can't see is going to hit you farther down the road. And when it hits, it's going to hit suddenly and with a magnitude that you're probably not ready for. And yet, a lot of people just sort of stand on the beach looking out over the waves. Or we head to high ground. But it still feels weird to head to high ground when there's no big wave out there. And I know some people who are starting to see a swell, the water's rising up in a couple of places. Here where I am, we just had our first reported death and we also just had our first reported uh, five-year-old case in the county that I live in. There are other places where that first swell has come and gone and the wave has crested and hit. You know, places like Italy, Iran, South Korea, China. But I know a lot of you haven't seen that first wave yet, like myself. And that puts you in a weird place. So I don't know how you're feeling, but if you're like a lot of people I've interacted with, I imagine that your feelings need a little bit of sorting, perhaps. The usual emotional reactions aren't necessarily fitting the situation. And that feels weird, but I don't really know how you are doing. So how are you? What I can say is how I'm doing. How am I feeling? 
There's a part of me, and this is weird, that finds it a little bit thrilling that the world is suddenly different than it normally is. I'm one of those people that likes change, that enjoys a little bit of chaos. I get easily bored by the mundane. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't want this to be happening. This is not the kind of change that I'm interested in. I wish none of this had ever happened. But there's a part of who I am that responds to things like this with a certain amount of anticipation, excitement, not because it's a good thing in itself, but because the, the weirdness of it is, it, it's a little bit stimulating. I don't know how else to describe it. How about you? Do you, do you experience that? I also go back and forth between states of worry and a little bit of fear and a different kind of worry. And that is the worry that I'm just being stupid and this is all way overblown. Sometimes I can get pretty far down the path of thinking, oh, this is just, everything's a giant react, overreaction. We're making too big a thing of this and we're gonna all feel kind of stupid at some point. But then I remind myself that major corporations wouldn't voluntarily lose billions of dollars. Whole nations wouldn't voluntarily close themselves down unless this was for real. And then the worry part starts to kick in. I get a slight ticklish cough, no fever, no other symptoms. And now suddenly I find taking my temperature, just, just in case, just to make certain that there isn't a second symptom popping up. I have weird thoughts like, what if things get worse? What do I need to have ready? At the same time, I don't want to cause the problems for the supply chain that hoarding causes, but I still kind of have an irrational desire to gather stuff up, to clear out my office and bunker down at home, to go shopping for things just in case. And then there's sort of a deeper kind of worry. There are people in my life that I care about that I worry about. I have relatives that are in that over 70 range that we're told are particularly vulnerable. I have loved ones who are in the process of battling cancer and whose immune systems I know are not necessarily up to the task of fighting just a regular flu. I have people that I'm close to who have Congenital conditions, problems with their heart, problems with other parts of their body that make me worry extra for them. And I'm afraid for them and I don't want to lose them. They're important to me. So there's a little bit of worry there. As of yesterday, all of my immediate family, my wife and all of my children are now under one household. I have two adult children and two teenage children. Three of the four were living in my home when this all broke. Fourth one was away at college and he stayed there for a little while. Even though the school was closed and the students were sent home, he was part of the IT department. So he wanted to stick around and see if he could be useful helping the teachers adjust to distance learning. And I'm glad that he did that. And this is part of him becoming an adult is taking responsibility and being useful to society. So I encouraged it and I kept quiet about the fact that there was a small part of me as a father that just suddenly felt weirdly protective and I just wanted to have everyone close. But he's home now because he's gotten to the point where all of his work can be done remotely and the home that he was staying at has somebody who themselves are potentially a little bit vulnerable. And so he's come home. So he'll be with us. That way 
the people he was staying with won't have to worry about one more source of infection from the outside world. Not that he was going out a lot. And you know, I know these are all normal feelings and it feels a little stupid, a little silly to be worried like this because the sun's shining. I don't know anyone who's been reported as sick yet. I certainly don't know anyone who's died of it. And I fully believe we're gonna get through this. I guess feeling silly is normal too. So in addition to just all those normal kinds of worries, there's a part of me that also worries for you. And I mean you, all of you, all of us. We're practicing social distancing. As I understand it, that is a great thing to be doing. I'm all on board with what we're trying to do to flatten the curve, spread out the rate at which people show up in hospitals, buy us a certain amount of time so that we can absorb this, so that we can get more hospital beds, more respirators online. I'm all on board. But I have to also say that I worry about the social, cultural, mental, spiritual toll this is going to take on society because we're not meant to be alone. Even introverts need some social interaction. If you're a serious extrovert, this is gonna be really hard. But even just really basic stuff, think of all of the, the tiny little human interactions that you have in your day. Now saying that, I'm aware that we've been increasingly doing away with those. I don't know if you've noticed this or not. So for instance, I like mobile ordering. It feels efficient, kind of fun even, to put a mobile order on my phone for Starbucks, roll in, grab it off of the mobile order pickup counter and walk right out, zooming right past all those people standing in line. But since switching to mobile ordering for things like my coffee, I've noticed I have fewer small meaningless interactions with random strangers. And not just with random strangers, but with people who, if I were there talking to them on a regular basis, would turn into acquaintances, at least. Maybe I'm recognized by places that I go into regularly to pick up my mobile orders, but I don't really interact with them. So it's not like I'm a regular there. You know that feeling of being a regular? When you walk in, people smile, know you by name. There's not much more interaction than that. But over the years, I've been noticing those getting pared away from my life. Well, and now suddenly this, we're cutting a lot of those off. Even when we go out, people are keeping their distance. So there's a sort of weird kind of dance that I see people doing in public as they try to like maneuver around these three to six foot bubbles everyone's now carrying with them. Conversations at checkout counters are less common. People seem to be trying to keep things rolling. We're not bumping into each other at work. We're not having conversations in the parking lot when we pick up our kids at school. We're not socializing, we're not congregating. And that's a really important part of being a human being. I guess, in addition to all my personal selfish worries, worries about my loved ones, finances, what the economy is going to do to my livelihood and the livelihood, all that stuff. I'm also worried about other people worrying and I'm worried about people becoming disconnected. Because while we socially distance ourselves in the physical realm, I think it's important that we stay connected. So here's some thoughts I have. One, talk about how you're feeling with others. Even when it feels silly, especially when those feelings feel silly, I think you'll find a lot of other people are having the exact same experience. Talk about it, get it out. Number two, make a point to have conversations that are not about COVID-19, coronavirus, pandemic, 
how the world's gotten weird and strange. Go out of your way to have normal conversations about normal things. Now, I know you can't talk about how the Flyers are doing because they're not doing anything. And in fact, there's a lot of the stuff that we would normally talk about that sort of doesn't work as a conversation and it will drive you back towards talking about how weird the world has become. But there are still conversations you can have. Talk about your dog, recipes, a funny thing that you thought of the other day. Share with each other. Have normal conversations. Give yourself a break from always thinking about this. Three, be intentional about not just scrolling. You know what I'm talking about? Whether you're a Twitter person, it's your Facebook news feed if you're on Facebook, looking at what's showing up in your email box, looking at news sites, whatever it is. Don't just keep doing that. Your brain desires stimulus. It's part of how human beings work. Your mind desires data. Because when we get into a place where it's not clear how you're supposed to feel, there's a plan for what to do, but doing it doesn't seem normal, then there's a part of you that's going to be constantly reaching out and grasping for more information so that you can make better decisions, so you can figure out how to feel about this. And that information's not there. As you scroll, you're seeing the same things over and over again, right? As you flip through watching news on TV, if you're a TV news person. Yeah, okay, so there are these little updates, but the overall story really isn't changing that dramatically. And you can get the big picture in small bursts. So don't be glued to your newsfeed. Fight the impulse for more and more information when you're not satisfied with the information you've got. Breathe. If meditation helps, if that's a practice of yours, meditate. Focus on accepting that there's stuff that you just don't know and nobody knows. Tip four. Yeah, I'm giving you tips for pandemic. This is my pandemic tip number four. Call somebody, a friend, a loved one, a relative. Do it today and then do it again tomorrow and do it every day. This used to be something that people did a lot more of than I think they do now. I don't mean just text them. Texting is great, but there's something about setting time aside to have a verbal conversation, not asynchronous short little blips of information back and forth. I think that's good too, but really go for the larger bandwidth call. If you can do a video call, that's even better. Get as much bandwidth as possible between you and the person you love so that you can connect. And just call to call, no agenda, no purpose, other than stay connected, to be human to each other. Do it every day. Make this a part of the list of habits that you use to be a healthy human being. You can even go a step farther. Maybe get a group of people together and use Google Hangouts, Zoom, whatever tool you like to just have a time to get together. Maybe some of your coworkers that are all off in their own homes working alone. Well, have a time to get together, even if you don't need a meeting. This isn't a meeting, this is a water cooler moment. Connect and be intentional about it because for your entire life, you probably haven't had to be intentional. You had systems surrounding you that just made these connections happen. Well, some of those have been pulled out from under us. So let's be intentional. Last tip, tip number five, be patient. Be patient with each other, with yourself, with the people who are doing their best in positions of authority to handle this, with the medical professionals who are doing everything they can, with the people in the grocery store who are just doing their jobs. Give everyone a little extra benefit of the doubt, a little space, a little extra care. Because we all need it right now. 
I know I'm not the first person to say this and it can sound empty, but I honestly believe we're going to get through this. I have no doubt of that. I mean, just the basic understanding of how this works. Most of us are going to live. A lot of the worries aren't really about do I live or do I die, but rather what's going to be the quality of my life when this is all done. And what about those people that I care about that are particularly vulnerable? But when this is all past, whether it's two months from now or two years from now, whatever it is, we're going to look back on this time and we're going to see it as a time that we rose to the challenge, a time when we took care of each other, or a time when we tore each other apart, when we behaved badly towards each other. So we're going to get through it. Let's get through it lovingly. So here's a question for you. What have you been doing to stay connected? What's working for you so far? Well, I hope this was useful for you. And uh, if it was and you haven't already, um, you can subscribe to this channel and that way you'll get more stuff like this. Uh, I'm not always going to be talking about coronavirus, COVID, pandemic, blah, blah, blah. But it is kind of what's going on around us now, so it will come up again. Um, and in the meantime, please take care of each other, love each other, keep social distance, but also stay connected.